Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello, spiritual trailblazers. Welcome. This is going to be a fun episode and a deep one on top of that. So we have a very special guest here. I can't wait to introduce you to her. So let's get started. We have the wonderful Rebecca Gibson, who is a forward-thinking psychic medium channel, helping people align their soul and path with their business and life. Her strategic approach and experience allows her to combine divinely channeled guidance with tangible methods for her clients to step into deep confidence, laser-focused clarity, and use their inner power to attract abundance with joy and ease. She works with people ready to serve humanity on a higher level by illuminating their path and psyche, bringing a deeper understanding of what is really possible in life and business. Rebecca's work with several with Divine Channel for you is deeply healing and transformative. Beyond any experience you had before, Rebecca can be found writing her books, loving her family, and guiding people to step into their true authentic power. You can find her at rachelgibson.com.au. We will put that, that link in the description for this episode. And we are going to be talking about how to embrace your queen archetype after you've been stripped bare and broken down. Rebecca, welcome. Hi, Tia. How are you? Pretty good. So what the readers may have picked up on is that you are in Australia. Yes. So yes. Uh, how, how many hours are you ahead of me? <laughs> uh, I'm from the future. That's what I told you. Yeah, you really are. I'm it's already Friday. Yeah, you're going to have an amazing day. It's 10.30 a.m. on Friday. You're going to love it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I love that. Yes, that's a, a bright future. <laughs> yeah. It's hot. It's hot today, so yes, accordingly. <laughs> yes, I was so thrilled when she told me, uh, or listened when she told me where she was from. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Yeah, you really are in the future. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And just a side note, I feel bamboozled because when I was a kid, the uh, the news, uh, the, the media will post New Year's Eve fireworks in all the country. So I'm thinking that we were all celebrating New Year's at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but you were. People we actually hop. People country hop during New Year's. So they can they go to New Zealand and then they'll go to Australia and then they'll travel around and go back to the States or Canada, wherever, and have New Year's three times. Yeah, that's something I want to do. When I found that out, that, you know, like uh, where, where you where you live in New Zealand and other countries were ahead of the states, I, I thought, man, I got to do that one day. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be so fun. That, yeah, that's that's an adventure waiting to happen. I can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Rock it on the vision board. Yes, yes. And you're already in the future, so I know that that's going to be great because you said so. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So what I love about this is I haven't had a chance to really dive into the queen archetype. I heard about it, 
uh, I, I've even seen some pictures, like a tarot spread of, you know, like a queen uh, spread of asking yourself these questions. So what I would love to ask you is, what is the queen archetype and why should we pay attention to it? It's basically in a nutshell, you being in your complete woman, your power, your not your daughter archetype, not that wounded child, not the victim or the saboteur or the martyr, but really standing in your own power from a place of self-love and really being connected into that oneness. Mm. So because you're connected into that oneness, there's, you get to the stage where there's no judgment. You don't judge other people for having judgment and you understand what it is that you want and how you go about manifesting that to your highest good and the highest good of other people around you. I'm not talking about, I want like, I'm not like all Trump. I want this and everyone's going to suffer at (laughs) the expense of it. It's very much understanding that you as the queen are responsible for all of the worker bees in your particular hive. And that if you keep the worker bees happy, they will keep the hive safe and abundant and filled and, uh, you really need to look at your shadow stuff and those aspects of yourself that aren't queen and very much about the other archetypes. It's basically an evolution and you alchemize through your bad times using your light, shining it into that dark, shadowy, long, you know, dark nights of the soul and alchemizing it into gold and really stepping into your full power as a woman. Hmm. That was just so powerful. I love how you start off with complete woman. That just, boom, hit me right in the chest. <laughs> and Yeah, because you know how sometimes we'll swap between daughter energy or mother energy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my friend Crystal Andrus Morissette has written a really excellent book called The Emotional Edge, and she really digs, um, dives deep into that, where... Um, I know Carolyn Mice has done a lot around archetypes and stuff, and, but your daughter energy is kind of like that spoilt brat. I just want to experience what I want right now. And I'm not aware of the circumstances or the mm-hmm. uh, repercussions for anybody else. Just give me what I want now. And that mother energy is very much rescuing and people pleasing at her own expense and putting everybody first before her to her detriment and you know losing all of her energy and falling apart. But, the woman learns how to balance all of that. Someone in her queen energy can foresee that in herself coming. So she puts work in to making sure that she doesn't fall apart on either side of that um, strong power back into daughter or mother energy. Mm, Yeah. So it's like when you feel something coming on, you catch yourself before you, for example, say something like you have a filter, like, Oh, I almost slipped back into the old me or a me that wanted to say something just to get their way because I need instant gratification. I caught yes. that. Yes. So yeah, I approach it differently. I get myself into a pad if I'm too much in one or the other. It's probably too much mm-hmm. mother energy, which mm-hmm. um, being an empath, all empaths do this thing of rescuing people and people pleasing mm-hmm. and avoiding conflict. And I find that, Um, when I slip too much into mother energy, my self-care goes out the window. I turn into a workaholic. Mm -hmm. All of my addictive side comes out and the universe kind of slaps me back into queen Mm -hmm. through drama 
or pain. So at the moment, I've just on the um, we're into five months of recovery of having to have foot surgery because mm. I was working too hard at my job plus my business plus parenting, and I literally said to my husband in a very angry tone, you know, one of those mm. arguments. I need a break. You need to walk a mile in my shoes. And I literally broke my foot five minutes after the conversation and it forced me to sit down and rest. And then you get back into your queen. So the whole point is you don't have to be that dramatic to get into your queen. You have to catch it at the beginning and be very self-aware of what you're doing and when your shadow is starting to, take control and when ego is starting to run your life rather than soul. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am all too familiar with foot surgery. So as soon as you said, I'm like, I know exactly. It's so symbolic, <laughs> isn't it? Stop it's, moving and sit down. Right. It is a huge inconvenience for oh, sure. Massive. Yeah. But what I've learned is, yeah, it does cause you to delegate. It's like, you can't, do it you can't do certain things like you have to delegate and and that's, that's what a right. queen does she does a that's queen right. sits on her throne so in your case in my case we were sitting on our beds or on the couch <laughs> and asking people to do stuff for us um but yes. with, with love though not using them but saying like hey i i literally not cannot do this but <clears throat> what what i what i'm getting here is that being in that queen archetype which which all us women can definitely do is really being able to own our life okay as opposed to saying like oh this isn't working so i'm going to be the child bread or this isn't working so let me pour all my emotions and energy and spirituality everything into it and forget about myself yes i love that yes it's a big bunch of self-awareness and self-love and understanding the higher good from, for everyone involved from your soul because your ego is not going to do that. Your ego is going to want martyr or victim to mm. be the main archetypes to take over. But soul will like, no, you need to be sovereign, step into the truth, authentic self and be a queen. Right. So what are some ways being stripped bare and broken down shows up in people's life? I know you talked about your, your foot surgery. And I, I think that, that that's one of it because that's, that's a very trying time. But in, in your practice, how does that show up for some people? A lot of the times it, well, most of the times, most of my clients that come to me are empaths and they're women who are very strong in their mother archetypal. They drop into victim and martyr and they get resentful. They don't speak up from a place of mm-hmm. self-love. There's not that true assertiveness it's either passive or passive aggressive Mm -hmm. or they boil over into aggression when resentment's built up um they're not asking for support and they're not allowing receiving of people to support them so people will start to show up hey would you like some help with this oh no no it's fine i can handle it there's either shame or guilt that's brought up about people helping you or pride or you know anything that's kind of from the shadow ego aspect and so then drama starts to happen where life's kind of showing them you can't do all of this you need to allow people in and you need to allow in receiving and then the vulnerability needs to be exposed for people 
And so then when you're allowing other people in to help you, you're affording them an opportunity to feel good because they've done something for someone and they've seen you struggle and they're able to do just that little bit to help you. But so many of my clients, even my patients, because I work in psychiatry, so many of my clients and my patients get to the point of exhaustion because they feel this need to do everything themselves and they don't want Mm -hmm. anybody to see any kind of vulnerability because they perceive it as a weakness and they think that they're in their queen by doing everything and they're not in their queen because they're not allowing in other people. They're not allowing in love. Mm. So it's not even the other people so much. It's, it's the, the, the person who is just doing all these things and they're being resentful because in a way they want that help, but it's almost like they don't trust the people to do exactly. it exactly exactly and lots of that stems from childhood stuff you know the way you've been parented and you feel like you weren't supported or you kind of let down abandonment issues and stuff but then we're also growing up in a society where women are marketed to constantly that you must do everything mm-hmm. like people don't go around asking men how can you work full-time who's looking after your kids? How do you juggle it all? When's the last time someone sat down with a man and asked that? Oh, it's so you true. See, it's, you see all these like female actresses, oh, you've just had a baby, they're one year old. How do you cope going back into acting or whatever it is that the celebrity thing is? How can you do it all? I don't see anybody asking male actors that when they have children. <laughs> it's just the females that are getting asked. How do you do it all? Right. Where indoctrinated into this culture that women do everything and that somehow a man has to come and save us and Mm. we don't want to be that powerless there's a difference between vulnerability and being powerless Mm. and i think that we feel powerless because of um like you know culture and society and and all of these things that women just want to have it all and we feel like we have to be perfect at everything. And that's not our queen. That's our martyr and that's our victim and that's our prostitute archetype. And that's all of these shadow aspects of us. But if a queen will understand, she can't do everything. She acknowledges, I can't do everything. I need help. And I'm going to allow in this receiving because that's abundance. You're allowing in a frequency of abundance to make things more easy make Mm -hmm. things more graceful when you're achieving stuff but it's really hard to catch yourself and pull yourself back into queen when you're so used to being like that and you're living in a society that's bombarding you with the same message over and over again um that is just so hands down true i saw a post on well i've seen this post before it was on facebook and it goes something like women are supposed to be beautiful but not too beautiful smart but not too smart uh forward thinking but not too forward thinking bold but not too bold there's supposed to be mothers that's supposed to be why there's supposed to be all of these things it's just like stop <laughs> it's true though isn't it and then when it comes to and i was having a conversation about this earlier where even when it comes to getting pregnant some women have to who those who want to get pregnant have to make this decision of my career or family because for mm-hmm. so many years that was the ultimatum. It was, you can have a family, but you won't have a job when you come back. So you know, is so then that, that thought process pops up of, oh my gosh, you know, I had to be, I had to literally do it all. 
so yeah i think it is a bit annoying when when i i do see that stars get asked oh you just gave birth to a a, a beautiful baby a month ago how's that going no one asked the guy that no nobody does no, you know and uh it was uh, a guy and i forget where but he was in and he was a, a newscaster probably still is um or an anchorman for a news station in the States and he wore the same outfit every day for a year. So black suit, tie, white shirt, same outfit same, uh, every day for a year. No one said anything. This is his own personal. Uh, yeah. Experience. An Australian did that. His name's Carl Stefanovic. He was on one of our morning news things. He, uh-huh. um, his co-host is uh, quite um well known for her feminism work and mm-hmm. so he wore exactly the same suit every single day for a year on the tv show no one said anything but she was ridiculed on social media every single day for what mm-hmm. she was wearing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's, it's just it's so amazing so this is why i love that we're talking about this because as women we had to catch ourselves first because if we don't then we end up listening to everyone else and try to be this person for everyone else and that's right that doesn't help no it just it really takes us out of our queen it's something that we really need to put the work into and it, it pays off I look at the queens in my life who really have got themselves to that stage where they're in queen the majority of their day and they are living such abundant prosperous lives where people around them are helping they've let go of any pride around people helping and they're just creating their dreams super fast and I I honestly if I didn't see it for myself with my friends I wouldn't think that it was true because I'm still working so hard to get myself to that place where I'm in that energy most of the time mm-hmm so getting to that that queen archetype definitely requires work <laughs> i mean yes this absolutely. Is, is definitely a process so why why you're doing it what are some common things that you have to debunk because when i hear queen i'm thinking this is a woman like, like you said earlier complete woman she knows who she is she has no problem you know speaking her mind and when i see women who i believe are in their queen mode they get this backlash because maybe they cussed or they are very confident in themselves. So what are some of those misconceptions that you had to break down for people so they can step into that God or uh, queen archetype? I think at first, because it's so triggering for people who haven't reached that at all during their day, they've just had glimmers of it where they've been stripped down straight away for, queen coming out and talking and they've been kind of put back in the box. So Mm. um, there's such internal misogyny with us that we're not even aware of it. Mm. And so we shut ourselves down. And because I've been in work environments where I've had to be in that energy for um, my own personal safety, I used to work in corrections and stuff because I, I was forced to be in that energy and it didn't matter the kind of reactions that I would get, especially from men being in that energy. I, f- I found it easier to drop into her now, but I notice when I do do that, a lot of women are very triggered and rather than them understanding that it's about what's going on within them, I'm then really killed for the way I look 
or they have all these misconceptions about what my financial situation is or how much support I've had or it's easy for me because I look a certain way where I do not always look like this. And I think it's much easier for women to drop back into that lower frequency where we've got this internal misogyny and it's like, oh, it's all right for her because she's like, you know, when Oprah loses weight, the world loses their shit. And mm. it's like, oh, well, she's got a chef and she's got this and she's got that and she's got all of this support. I'm like, but she put herself into queen energy. She's done the work. She also has to make sure that she stays in that queen energy of looking after herself to put those processes in place, to have that chef, to eat that food. Just because she's got a chef cooking her good food doesn't mean she can't just go to McDonald's and grab herself something disgusting to eat. Right. Like it's, it's a process. And rather than us tearing down other women from a place of us not feeling good about ourselves, we need to look at another woman and say, wow, if she can do it, I can do it because we're all coming from the same place of a minority of women and we need to, like, start lifting each other up into queen. Like, the world needs all of us to step into our queen and really embrace goddess energy. Otherwise, what's the alternative? If we keep going along the road that we're going on, things are not going to be well. That is such a great point about the, the the woman aspect of, you know, someone helping out another woman or looking at a woman and saying, well, I can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And to some extent, sometimes it, yeah, we can look at Oprah, you know, Beyonce. Yeah, of course they have a, a chef and uh, probably a, a nutritionist and a, a personal trainer. However, when they aren't around, okay, let's say that they're in a car to drive somewhere, what's stopping them from going to McDonald's? They can exactly. revert, revert back. They can go back to their default, right? They exactly. don't have to listen to their trainer. Their, their chef can cook for them. And they may be like, oh, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want it, you know? And uh, yeah, make up all these excuses, all these reasons why they deserve to eat that crap or they deserve to take the day off exercise. Right. Whatever it is that you do that your victim and your mother archetype can take over no matter who you are or what your bank balance is or what support you've got around you. Exactly. This is why we have to look at our, our minds, you know, our thoughts, like you said, our shadow aspect. There's a lot of things we need to look at because whatever we do for, let's use the celebrities again, their money, their resources is just an extension of who they are. So if they are a great person who has great discipline, then guess what? That money is only going to make them more disciplined. But if you're mm. someone who wasn't disciplined before having money and then you got money, guess what? You're not going to be disciplined. Okay. Exactly. I read an article that Warren Buffett still clips McDonald's coupons. <laughs> so it's just like this guy's <laughs> a billionaire is clipping coupons to go to McDonald's. So, yeah, we as women or, or some women have to stop looking at other women and think, oh, of course she can do that. But we can look at is what are our resources and how can we work from there? For example, I don't beat myself up if I don't eat something as healthy, you know, if I get like Chinese takeout food, right? Oh, yeah. It could be that <laughs> I'm just so, it's so good, right? But it could be that I'm in an area where there isn't healthy food at the time. I could be at a friend's house and they have, you know, 
some uh, a Chinese restaurant and you know there's an Italian restaurant we're going to eat pasta and stuff like that it's like no carbs <laughs> but you know sometimes it's just where you're at so yeah we got to stop looking at people and think oh of course they can do that you can do things in your own capacity and in, in, in your own queendom you can work from there that's right and when you catch yourself judging someone like that it's very much about you and not them I catch myself judging sometimes or getting jealous and envious about another woman's life or success or how far she's progressed and I haven't I want to compare my balance to her or my house or anything like that I need to catch myself it has nothing to do with that woman it's very much about me and my insecurities and me not being where I want to be and all of my egoic shit coming to the surface and thinking I'm not good enough or I'm not thin enough or I'm I'm not smart enough or I haven't been in business long enough and all these ridiculous things that come to the surface where I really shouldn't be paying them any attention, just releasing them because they mean nothing and just looking at this other woman thinking, wow, you're in my life and you are showing to me, mirroring back at me that I have the capacity to be like this too. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to put the work in and do it. If that is what I want, then I need to work for it. And that includes looking at those aspects of myself that I don't really like and not spiritually bypass them. We'll just pretend like they don't exist and squish it down and move on and just focus on, you know, my vision board. Mm. I was like, no, why do, why do I feel the need to judge? I need to clear that. Right. Exactly. So do you have uh, daily rituals to help you get more into your, your queen archetype? Yeah, I'm, I'm very much about spiritual health being the top of the apex of mind, body, spirit, because I've worked in psychiatry for 24 years and in the health system. Um, I always kind of put mental health and physical health first and I was ignoring my spiritual health even though I've been a psychic medium since I was younger. I really tried to block off those abilities because the environments that I was working in and psychiatry, especially over the last 24 years, has not been mm -hmm. very accepting of spirituality and spiritual health and definitely not psychic medium abilities. So I denied those aspects of myself and the more I denied my spiritual health, the unhealthier I came, became as a person. Depression, anxiety, very, very obese. Um, lots of autoimmune issues, lots of diagnoses along the way, a couple of near-death experiences. Once I understood that my spiritual health really needed attention, mm -hmm. all of that started to improve. So I make sure that I'm, I'm aware of how energy works. I'm aware about how our heart functions on a quantum physics level and I make sure that I cut cords to other people like cut the cord of their energetic attachment to me mm -hmm. and also retract my energetic attachment to them mm -hmm. and clean up that energy for everyone like my spouse my child my mother my siblings colleagues friends clients everybody morning and night I do that before and after clients um, because I still work in a hospital system. I do that before and after I step in and out of the hospital. I make sure that I ground my energy every day and I like that's just bare feet and grass or bare feet on plain concrete. 
which is the conductor of electricity. I like to, if I'm feeling super anxious or overwhelmed, I will actually put my spine because um, that's your, your energy system for your physical body is your spine and your nervous system. I put my spine up against a tree and I would do very deliberate, deep, slow breathing to calm my system down and allow the frequency of the tree to calm the frequency down of my body and make sure that um, everything just calms down so I can be clear-headed. Because if your energy is chaotic, your ego kind of takes over. Your soul has less space to be heard and your ego will get yourself into this head trap of um, your mind going 100 miles an hour, but it's always fear-based thoughts and emotions of stuff that you should have done in the past or should have said or any of that and worrying about a future that may or may not happen. And so you're outside of the present of now, which is really the only thing that exists is the very now moment. And so the more you can get yourself into the now moment, either with meditation or whatever lights you up, exercising your right brain as well as your left brain, making sure that you understand how to balance your inner masculine and feminine energies. Once you're more aware of what's happening with inside of you and inside of your consciousness and your heart, the outside starts to react to the changes that are happening within rather than us looking externally from ourselves for something to help us Mm -hmm. because the external is a reflection of what's happening within. So if you're anxious and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm just going to, like, have this Big Mac or I'm just going to have this bottle of wine or I'm just going to have this, you're not fixing anything. You're just dulling your external experience, but you still got all that turmoil going within. So you have to go within. Shadow work is so important. Spiritually bypassing stuff will just bite you on the butt later. Mm-hmm. Everything is not love and light. Yes, I hope everyone's taking notes. So press pause if you need to get a. I should have said this in the beginning. Get a notepad and a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, this is recorded. So you said something that I, I want to reiterate. Well, you said a lot of things that I want to reiterate, but there's something that was really key here because. I've noticed, and I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, that Mm -hmm. people remove certain toxic people from their lives. They they do that detachment, but they don't detach themselves from that person. And that's what you said. I never heard anyone express it that way. I heard them say, you know, you got to cut cords from toxic people, but I never heard someone say, but... Don't forget about your attachment to that person. Absolutely. We need to be super responsible for our own energy. I, I get so, um, I'm just not angered. It's annoyed. It's a, it's a weird energy. I, I struggle with people who have quite a big voice, a big platform, telling empaths especially, or like a lot of women are empaths, there are psychic vampires around you yes. <laughs> sucking your energy. And the Olive's vision is like the walking dead, but there's all of these, there's oh, all of these toxic people leaving these started on psychic awake, <laughs> the wake of dead empaths everywhere. Um, that is not empowering. So if you're an empath and you think that there's psychic vampires around sucking out your energy, they are not. Empaths have 
the ability to feel into the emotional frequency of every emotion there is. Therefore, you have the greatest emotional intelligence. Therefore, you have a responsibility to be empowered from within and know that it's your job as an empath that you're recalibrating the emotional frequency of other people around you. Hence why we have so many people with the um, societal term of narcissism. I have my psychiatric term, then there's the societal term of um, narcissism they don't match but then i'm writing a book on narcissism and empaths that empaths in narcissism mirror narcissists and that if neither of them were in shadow they'd be in oneness and true self-love and they wouldn't be affected by the other there are no psychic vampires you have to be very responsible for your own energy including your retracting your energy from other people Stop rescuing. Stop saving other people. It's manipulative because it's avoiding conflict and avoiding wanting to, like, ex- having to experience a shadow right then and there. So you want to spiritually bypass it and just cut off those toxic people because they're a psychic vampire. It's victim blaming. You're in your victim. You're blaming somebody else and you're not coming from a place of empowerment. Queens don't run around blaming other people for how they feel. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Once you stop, yeah, yeah, they don't love that. (laughs) Once you're responsible for your own energy, it makes a massive difference to how you're energetically showing up for yourself and those around you. Yeah, that's you know, I I so wish they taught this stuff starting in grade school, even at the most basic level, because if that was the case, by time the girls are young women, they would have so much clear boundary setting control yeah. of their emotions or at least awareness of their emotions i mean it the world would be such a better place <laughs> it's true and learning to be assertive mm-hmm. because um, it's like being assertive isn't just standing up for yourself it's having enough power in the love for yourself and understanding that you are connected into everything that you have the strength to say that's not going to work for me because it is not for the highest good of me Therefore, it's not for the highest good of you because we are connected as one and I'm coming from a place of love. Normally what happens with women, if we normally, what well, the pattern is we be passive, passive, passive because we're taught to be polite, we're taught to ignore people, mm. we're taught not to speak up, be a good girl and be quiet. Sometimes I even catch myself with my own daughter who's five saying stuff that was said to me. I'm like, wow, that's so ingrained in me. It just slipped out of my mouth without my brain even really being active in it coming out and and I apologize to her and when we're passive for a certain amount of time on the outside what normally happens within is this resentment and all of this guilt and shame starts coming to the surface and all of this anger and judgment and eventually it bubbles out and comes out either being passive aggressive or aggressive we're very good at silent treatment or slamming doors just that little bit louder to make our point or our spouse coming home when we're really cranky at them for the last four weeks and it's like, how are you? Fine. So <laughs> passive aggressive. Yeah, that doesn't help the situation. No, it's like, why can't you read my mind and see that I'm so angry at you because on such and such date three years ago, you said this and I still haven't had the assertiveness and love to bring it up to you that I don't deserve to be spoken to like that. And you need to pull your head in. Right. 
boundaries. I've been saying this for a while now. People need to stop looking at having uh, a a platform or a will to express themselves as being confrontational. You're having a conversation, just like you, you said, I don't like the way you talk to me. That's so direct, being firm, setting a boundary, then slam, I'm saying this door a little bit harder. Oh, great. Yeah. Break the doorknob or break the door off the hinge. And now <laughs> you got a broken door. You created more issues. And you're, you're teaching someone to treat you a certain way. I'm, I have been guilty of doing this. So I'm on my third husband. <laughs> so I've been learning lessons along the way where I have been passive and then I've been passive aggressive and I've never felt strong enough to have my voice because my self-love's been so dismal. Mm-hmm. And so now I've gotten older, you know, heading towards 50 and you've got like the whole second half of your life and like I really don't want to be wasting time anymore. My husband and I now, for the first few years, I was passive or passive aggressive. And so I was teaching him it was okay for him to be a certain way because I wasn't being assertive about it right then and there. So therefore he doesn't even know some of the things that he does or says upset me because I never said anything. So now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm doing a course on boundaries. This is what's happening. Standing on my queen. He's like, who is this person? And what have I done? Mm -hmm. Whereas his behavior has not changed that much. So I'm behaving differently in the way I react to it. So when I'm very clear with him now, do not speak to me like that. I do not deserve that. There is no need for you to have spoken to me with that tone or that kind of uh, aggression. This isn't even about me. This is about something else that's going on with you. And I'm really not here to accept you passing on that energy. It's yours. Keep it. He just looks at me like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Now, how how much happier is that life compared to uh, continue to normalize oh well you know that's just marriage there's always going to be times where you know fill in the blank and then you oh. have unhappy people who are looking forward to going to work then going home to see their spouse <laughs> yes, and yeah because if you're if you're not loving yourself enough to be assertive and just give it in plain english language whatever you speak just the plain truth of it do not speak to me like that I do not deserve it. This is how I deserve to be spoken to. Have a think about it. And if you feel that you're not on a level where you can speak to me like that, then we need to reevaluate this circumstance between us. Mm. That is so clear and it's like it's so authentic rather than I'm going to keep ignoring you speaking to me like that until six weeks later where I'm going to blow up. And you and typical masculine are going to say, have you got your period? Uh, no, (laughs) it's just taking me this long to boil over (laughs) and and you're walking on eggshells from your own place of not speaking up. And it, it brings up so many other insecurities if you haven't dealt with them. Right. We can cut to the chase by just speaking. And, And when I say just, I don't mean like by just, but I mean, really it's, using the techniques you were saying earlier to help get you to a point where you can speak up, where you can stand in your ground because 
it's going to eventually manifest into something physical. It's, it's going to cause you to be unhappy. It's just not worth your happiness. Yeah. And I think a lot of times women will uh, mistake passive aggression for being assertive. And I know I certainly did. So I spent 10 years working in psychiatry in maximum security male prisons. A lot of my client or patients were serial killers, sex offenders, murderers. And I worked with a lot of prison officers who did not have a very good view about females working in the jail. I was 23 when I started working there. So that probably didn't help their opinions of me. And I found myself over the years becoming more and more passive aggressive or aggressive and sort of speaking to them at their level of energy which would be aggressive. And so I thought, oh, I'm super assertive. So then when I started looking around boundaries and assertiveness and empaths and narcissism, I'm like, yeah, I'm one of the most assertive women you'll ever meet. And then when I really sat down and went within and looked at my behaviour and circumstances, I wasn't being assertive at all. I was being aggressive or passive aggressive. And it wasn't high vibe and it was not authentic to me. And it really led also to me being physically unwell and miserable. I was miserable. I got myself stuck into scarcity. I felt I couldn't leave because the money was good and I wasn't going to get paid as much elsewhere. I got myself on a power trip because of how some people would react to me when I was being aggressive. And it just, it wasn't authentic and it wasn't love. Mm-hmm. Lots of wonderful nuggets. So, Rebecca, any final thoughts? Oh, lots of thoughts. I can talk. <laughs> I think the most important thing for people to really understand goddess energy and self-love and connected in, it's not narcissistic to love yourself, obviously. Actual people who are experiencing narcissism are disconnected from self-love. And the self-love is that connection to that source energy, that God, goddess energy, the, the life of everything, you know, the source of all. And in order for you to get to that place where you're in your queen and you're asking for support and there's no guilt or shame that's brought up and none of these negative, egoic, fear-based emotions, you have to do shadow work. You have to look at the stuff about yourself that doesn't feel good and doesn't feel loving because it's gunky stagnant energy that will stop you from being truly connected into your highest intelligence and stop you from being completely sovereign and connected into that queen energy where you will get the life that you want and the people around you as a consequence will be happy and fulfilled also. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I I need this written down. I needed to be a poster. <laughs> so you have any upcoming events or anything you want to share with the listeners? I am literally sitting on my lounge room floor surrounded by goddess books and cards. I'm in the process of about to release a 14-month online goddess circle. So psychic development, people stepping into their queen, people being more sovereign and allowing people to step more into being soul-led rather than ego-led and understanding 
from their own perspective what their purpose is rather than looking outside of themselves for someone to tell them what their purpose is. So I'm going to start it on November 19th. So it'll be 1911-19 and it's going to end the 20th of December. We we do our dates backward to you. So it's 1911-19 for here and then it ends 2012-20. I like that. Lots of symbols there. Yeah. So it's all being channeled as we speak. And otherwise I have a Facebook group called Diamond Hearts, the Evolutionary Empath, and another Facebook group called Golden Goddesses, and that's where there'll be more information coming out about this upcoming online circle. Plus I do do readings. You can find that on my website or hunt me down on Facebook if you just want a reading. I'm pretty good. I think my 24 years in psychiatry really helped me get down to the nitty-gritty of what's going deep within you and let's fix it. I, I don't call myself a healer, even though I've been in health for so long. I help other people facilitate healing themselves. Yeah, I, I was looking at your testimonials. I was like, oh, I need to get a reading from her. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, I'm so blessed. It's, it's such a blessing. I used to think it was a curse because I started out working in the morgue and I'd been having bodies talk to me and all these weird experiences. And I moved into psychiatry, trying to shut it all down, thinking that I was cursed, there was something wrong with me. Nobody believed me. I grew up in Catholic school with Catholic parents. So it did not uh, get received well. And now I'm just, wow, what a blessing. So blessed. A blessing indeed. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much. I have learned a lot and I know that the listeners have as well. It was a pleasure. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored, Tia. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And as always, listeners, I am sending you so many blessings. Be kind to yourself. Until next time. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.